Welcome back to Making a Martini, up, dry, and straight to the point. I am your host, Caleb Figgles. Okay, so look, I might get some flack for this episode. I don't know from whom, but I just think it would be good PR if I had some people that were angry about one of my episodes. I don't know. But this episode is our Harry Potter-themed episode. And here's why I wanted to do this. Harry Potter is such a huge generational thing that has like really taken over. And I did read the books, I've watched the movies, but I've never been like, Harry Potter is my life. But there are so many people out there who that actually is the case. And I'm not saying anything against them, I just don't get it. And so, naturally, because of the nature of the podcast, I wanted to learn more. And be drunk while doing so. So this week's cocktail is called Unicorn's Blood. It is... Two ounces tequila, one ounce St. Germain, and one ounce lemon juice. I'll be honest, I was a little bit more uh, generous, I guess, with my lemon juice, because tequila makes me turn into um, a piece of shit. So, my guest today is a friend of mine uh, who is also named Caleb, but spelled with a K, so, I mean, take that for what it's fucking worth. But uh, he is someone who I would probably have to say is one of the biggest Harry Potter fans that I know, and you'll hear why in, uh, in a few minutes. So yeah, here we go. In that order. Yes, but only that order. Love uh, yeah, okay. So, hi. Hi, Caleb. Piece of shit. How's it going? Oh, just fucking peachy. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I mean, I'm in um, my apartment right now, just hanging out. It's a, it's an interesting uh, Sunday, you know, during COVID. Nothing's really going oh. on. Yeah, well, that's really exciting. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we're all in the same boat, to be perfectly honest. I haven't done anything in a Sunday since this all started, so... Mm. But I'm so happy to have you on here, in all honesty. Thanks for having me. Oh, God, of course. Well, I mean, when I asked... So, um, for anyone who would care to know, um, I was looking for someone that I was like knew was a big Harry Potter fan. And so I texted him, I texted Caleb, and asked him, I was like, you're a big Harry Potter fan, right? And he said, is that a real question? And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> a, I wouldn't have asked. I'm not making fun of you. And he was like... I, and he listed off this whole thing... Uh, wait, where is it? I'll cut out the part where I look for it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, though. Oh, oh! So this is what this is what he said. Wow, what a friend you are! I've read each book over five times. I've been to Harry Potter World in both L.A. and Florida. I've seen the movies too many times to count. I have the physical book, ebook, and audiobook collection. I have I own my own personal wand along with things from the movie set. Oh, did I mention I also have the Golden Snitch tattooed on me? You tell me if I'm an expert. Well, you guys. he's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> but I would I would say that at that point that does make you pretty um oh my god. Uh pretty uh qualified to talk about Harry Potter. Um and so the whole spiel of what m- this whole podcast is is that I want to know more about things that I don't really know a lot about. Like I mean I definitely read the books but probably only once. I don't think I ever really read or reread any of them. Um, maybe like the first one or second one. 
Um, I saw the movies as they came out, and I've definitely watched them. Like the Harry Potter movies to me are like the perfect Sunday hangover movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just like put them on and, and let them go. But that's about as as deep as I get <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to Harry Potter. Like I like them, but people love them and they like live their world through them. Um, and I wanted to know more about that. Um, and that's, that's, that's why this bitch is here. So, um, uh, I did want to start with Pottermore. Okay. So I remember Pottermore coming out and it was like a pretty big deal from what it seemed like. Um, but I still am not 100% sure what it is. I went so, and took all the tests, and I know my stuff, but that's so I, outside of that, you, I didn't know. The Pottermore you see today is not the, port, pot, the same Pottermore that came out um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the original Pottermore, which is my personal favorite, if I'm comparing the two, it was an interactive kind of like digital book session. So you had, you know each scene in in the books kind of depicted in a specific art style and um each page was interactive so you could click something and have it you know move about or you can click the fire and have it spark with green embers and um every page was just interactive immersive and just great for um a harry potter fan any harry potter fan so um, as of the current Pottermore, while it still keeps kind of a specific artistic style throughout the the site, it has upgraded. Um, I put that in quotes because uh, some of the upgrades um, are kind of things that I would question, like, you know, why is this here? Why didn't they keep this? But yeah. that's just a personal preference. When you put um, it in quotes, did you actually do finger quotes? Because I do I that did. all the time on this, and I'm like, oh, fuck, no one can see me. <laughs> exactly. So, um, anyway, sorry. I did. No worries. Yeah. Um, but, I, so, long story short, I prefer the old Pottermore versus the new one. However, the new Pottermore is not bad. What all, I mean, outside of taking the test, there were a lot of quizzes that I failed. Um, I did get some. I did get a lot of the... No, actually, I didn't do it. I took, there's like one, The Battle of Hog, Hogwarts, which is the last book. And I was like, I feel like that's the movie I've watched the most. So I feel like I can answer all these questions. Right. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I failed. Mm. I absolutely failed. Um, but so like, I, I, I know what house I'm in. I'm a Slytherin. Um, <laughs> shocker. Uh, and you know what? With like outside of Pottermore, that's the one I always get when it comes to like Facebook quizzes or anything, but I don't try. I mean, that's just what I get. Mm-hmm. And from what I read, that is fine. It's sometimes really good to be a Slytherin. Yeah. Thanks for just, <laughs> um, my, my wand is a maple wood with dragon heart string, 12 and a half inches. <laughs> and rigid flexibility. So watch out. My Patronus is a Mastiff, so just a fucking dog. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, but anyway, I, but like outside of that and the, the tests, I didn't really know what else to do. Hmm. Yeah, I think the 
I guess the purpose, and correct me if I'm wrong in, in kind of interpreting what you're asking, the purpose of Pottermore right now is kind of a hub for everything Harry Potter, right? Um, hmm. So, um, you know, once you go into Pottermore, the first page has everything you need um, for Harry Potter um, fanatics. So, yeah, news and features with, with you know, Harry Potter world in general, um, quizzes, stuff about JK, um, the sorting hat and, and things like that um, to, you know, get your house and um, your wand and your Patronus. And then they have, you know, the, the main thing that's been going on recently is um, the actors reading a chapter from, from the book. I did see that. That was cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't really looked into it, um, but um, yeah, that is really I didn't cool. do it, but I did see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so... As you said earlier, um, I tend to read them um, a lot, both, you know, the, the physical copy of the book, an audio book, um, and I get a joy out. Of, I get a joy out of watching the movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, watching the um, watching some of the characters read chapters in the book is definitely going to be um, a task for me, but I'm definitely going to do that in the near future. Good. What um what house are you? So I'm a Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, everybody. Well, look, you know, every, everyone look says out. that. Oh my gosh, Gryffindor. It's typical. Um, but I've I've taken the tests multiple mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, you know, the whole thing with courage and bravery and nerve and chivalry. Um, I am a true and true Gryffindor. Not to say there's not you know there's anything wrong with the other three houses, but yeah. me personally, you know. Just with like what you the words that you just use, would you th- call it a safe assumption to maybe think that performer type people fall into that category of Gryffindor? Um, I I know I wouldn't agree with that necessarily. Um, well, I'll when fuck you off say that, <laughs> well, so do me a favor and elaborate on your performer type people. So, um. For anyone else who doesn't know, um, Caleb is a crazy-ass good dancer. Um, and you perform... Uh, yeah, hair toss, cough, cough. And I feel like other um, like actors, singers, people like that... Creatives um, in general. Creatives in general, you know, I feel like they always say that they're a Gryffindor. Because, like, you know, to be a creative person in a certain sense, like, especially with um, performance... Uh, and and really, I mean, really anything creative by putting yourself out there and how, you know, brave it has to be. And I, I know, like, for me, like, I love to brag about, you know, I'm so talented. But, like, if you actually were to come see a show that I was in um, and come up to me afterwards and, like, tell me, I would, like, turn red and not know what to do. So there's, like, that chivalry part to it. But I, I don't know. I just, when you were saying those words, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, you're a performer maybe that's a Gryffindor trait Hmm. I can see now where you're coming from with that um I just think there are other facets to um performer that kind of sometimes are overlooked um Mm. because every performer kind of draws from something right not just from that passion of whatever Mm. they're doing um Mm. it's a combination of you know what they draw inspiration from um how they handle themselves or carry themselves um you know, like you like for a specific example, you know, you said, you know, you would react a certain way, turn red when um, if and when someone came up to you and, you know, 
said, hey, you're doing a great job or that was great, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, yeah. you know, me, I would probably kind of relish in that for a few seconds just because maybe I don't hear that too often or uh, maybe another uh, person fair. will kind of just like run away and keep their distance and then kind of like acknowledge it to themselves. Like, man, that was great. I need to hear more of that, but I don't want to hear it in a kind yeah. of a front facing position. So there's a lot of reactions and then there's a lot of um, ways people kind of carry themselves to align with a specific house. So mm. I get it, but I, I feel like, um, but I'm wrong on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can say that. You said it, to um, me. but I'm wrong. Yeah. I do. <laughs> All right. Well, Harry Potter savant. Um, I'm going to ask you about your favorites. Okay. Mm. Cause I think that's very telling of a person. All right. So favorite book. My favorite book. Oh, man. I hope it doesn't sound cheesy, but I'm going to say The Deathly Hallows. No, I can. I feel like that's. But I feel the reason why I, I prefaced it with it. I'm hoping in, it doesn't sound cheesy because you always get those even with movies. Right. You like. Yeah. Well, sometimes because sometimes it's the first one that that kind of takes the cake. Um, yeah. Fast and Furious. But so. <laughs> I feel like the last of anything in 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 the um, the book realm is mm-hmm. always the cake. It's always like the topper of you know the the culmination of the last yeah. x amount of things, and it's like I can't wait to see what happens with this character arc, or I can't see wait to see what happens with the story or this theme and yeah. stuff like that. And I think it the Delphi Howls for me personally tied things together and just allowed me to yeah explore the characters in a deeper sense more so than i you know have been doing with one through um six yeah i mean and you still you know have six of the books where you see all that development and you see the story really starting to unfold and then six is sort of like the answer to all the questions that you've had up at the Mm -hmm. or seven or seven thank you Yeah. Um, when, when the movies are split the two it kind of confuses you when you're threw me off a little bit <laughs> yeah it did um well for if anyone gives a shit my favorite book is the chamber of secrets okay <laughs> i just i just thought it was super dark and i was like this shit is crazy i did appreciate chamber um, of secrets for sure oh god the tone of it's just so different and mm-hmm. i just loved it okay and i think favorite, i oh, sorry, believe shit. i believe that the um, directors changed. Was it yes. from one to two or two to three? It was from two, from one to three. two I believe. Oh, two to three. Oh, yeah, I think. David Yates is is three through eight movie wise. Right. And then uh, who? I should know this, but I, I'm not sure of the first two. Um, probably isn't that either. important. <laughs> Some guy. But anyway, I'll come, uh, come back to it. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll readdress. Um. <laughs> favorite character see now this i think this is tough for me um because i don't think i have a favorite character and (laughs) um while i to be fair i have two written down so Mm. i I can appreciate a lot of the characters even like the um um some of the kind of secondary characters mm-hmm. i i don't have a favorite that's I fair i really don't yeah i have two 
Um, my favorite. So I split mine in between book and movie. Chris Columbus. Sorry, I knew we were gonna find it. <laughs> That's Col- the first one and two. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> um. <laughs> so that's who directed the first two movies everyone i knew you were all going to be bothered by it as much as we were at making a martini um so my favorite character in the book is snape um i mean he's just so well written and he's so tragic and but also like you you hate him until you don't and all this stuff and then my favorite character in the movie and i don't care what anybody says um is dolores umbridge Oh Jesus, man! You know what? That's such a miserable cunt, and I <laughs> loved every second of it. The pair that you just chose says a lot about you. Maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Interesting. I need to get my shit together. Um, but I mean, quite honestly, she's one of my favorite villains of all time. Like not just Harry Potter, but like l- when I think of like the worst villains in like movies, um, I don't really remember her in the book. Mm. And that could be why I don't know what who knows, but in the movie, I mean, I you can't forget. I mean, she's like oh, coming absolutely. up in memes in today. Laugh. Yeah. Oh and my goodness. Very so that, well done. Yeah, Imelda Staunton. I've followed her pretty much since the movies, and she's like done some amazing stuff. But she did, and I think it's on BroadwayHD.com. But she was in uh, Gypsy in the West End, playing like the main the mother character, um, and like. Literally, I get chills and cry when I watch it. Not that I've watched it more than once, but she's just incredible, and so that's okay. why she's my favorite movie character. Dumb bitch. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so favorite movie. My favorite movie. Um, uh, man, you know, it, I think it's a tie between two, and I think I'm gonna. Hmm. I'm going to say for my – I'm going to combine seven and eight for the sake of the, of Just the book. Just do, like, and, the last yeah. – fa- yeah. My favorite movie is the last – there's part two. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember like it was yesterday actually going to see part one in theaters and uh, the midnight release, of course. And I remember it ending where it ended, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Like, I need more right now. Yeah, and it was two years, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Before we got the second one, uh, yeah. Was it? Mm. Mm. It was. It seemed like a long time for me because I was just aching. I was yearning for yeah. for the second one, as most of us, if not all yeah. of us, were. But, um, and you know the the Prisoner of Azkaban. I think that that one is always a fun one for me, and I that's kind of the one that I go to the most as like a kind of a leisure movie to put on. That's funny because um, my uh, a friend of mine that I knew when I was in high school, he has this sort of like movie blog post, and it, it, so the Prisoner of Azkaban came up in one of his like top one hundred like best movies of all time, and I mm. asked him why. I was like, that's the only one that doesn't really have anything to do with the main plot line, and then he was like, yes, it fucking does. And then I, he explained to me why, and I understood. But I, I never considered that or put that up. That was always the like outlier one that I was like, Voldemort's not even in this one. So hmm. What the fuck's happening? Hmm. But I guess it's pretty important. Um, so now what I want to kind of talk about is... Um, so in doing the research about all of this, 
um, I wanted to sort of find discussion questions and fan theories that I thought were really interesting. One of which is my own. Um, but then I found out other people had it too, but I didn't see theirs before I thought of it. So it's technically still mine. And I need your expert expert advice. Okay. I'll yeah, try. All right. I'm perfect. So there's this whole plot point, right, of why, or of Harry himself being a Horcrux. And if anyone doesn't know, Voldemort split his soul so many times, and it's, that's called a Horcrux. It's a big plot point. I don't. I mean, honestly, if you don't know these things, I'm assuming you're probably not listening to this episode, but you maybe are. I don't know. If you're not, and if you don't know, then fucking read the book. Um, but, so Harry is one. And one fan theory that I found that I really liked was, could the Dursleys have been so awful to Harry because he was a Horcrux? So whenever you have a Horcrux, it um, has the ability to sort of uh, influence the person who's in possession of it. Um, so with that same idea, is it possible that the Dursleys maybe weren't as bad in the beginning, but just over time, because Harry himself was a Horcrux, jaded them, and that's why when we see him, you know, however many years later, that they're so awful to him, you know, abusive, (laughs) whatever, we'll just skip over the, the child abuse part, but, um, is that a possibility? What do you think? I, I mean, I think this idea of the negative influence that a Horcrux can have can be explored, I guess, through Dudley when we finally see him warming up to Harry. Although, that could be his gratitude for Harry saving his life. Um, mm-hmm. Also, one could argue that Lily, Potter, Lily Potter's love has a massive effect on the nature of the Horcrux because love is supposed to be this all-powerful magic. Right. And maybe this is why... Um, you know, we don't see Harry reacting um, as if he is a Horcrux, or I guess we don't that see... Was... <laughs> yeah, I, that was kind of my, the hole in my, in that plot, or that fan theory, was that, well, if by, like, those standards, why wouldn't Harry just be a total asshole? Yeah. Because he himself is around the Horcrux 24-7. Um, and uh i mean but, it, uh, go ahead but then it's it's arguable too because in the last book when he he's definitely reacting to the other horcruxes like when the the necklace is around uh yeah. around him he you know changes a bit and gets a little right when one's aggressive. destroyed he falls over mm-hmm. so i don't know it, i like that idea i like thinking that maybe the dursleys weren't as terrible and that right. it's just like a, you know, just by I being think the only it. one that's come around is Dudley. I know. Well, and I, somebody sent me a, a video link about it. Um, there's this cut scene in the part one of the Deathly Hallows where there's this really beautiful moment between Dudley and Harry. Not a waste of space. And I uh, don't remember it in the book. Yeah. Um, he, I can't remember the exact quote um, as many times as I read the book, um, but I remember watching that deleted scene, and I think it should have been in the movie. Um, yeah, I got a little misty, and I watched it, a clip, I, like the clip out of context. I wasn't watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it just shows kind of how appreciative um, 
and I guess human, I guess Dudley, you know, is um, yeah. towards Harry, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, J.K. Rowling has said that because the process of creating a Horcrux was not used, which she's never said what the process is, she just says it's something horrible. <laughs> um, that technically Harry himself cannot be a Horcrux, that he had a Horcrux within him. I guess we do have to listen to what she says, but I still really like this fan theory. <laughs> um, okay, so the second one is 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 mine, and um, there is uh, a following out there and an argument as to why Snape doesn't show up in the last book in the Forbidden Forest after he's died. Harry goes to the Forbidden Forest to destroy the Horcrux that's within himself, thinking that he's going to die. Um, and he has this moment where he sees the people that he cared for. Or, um, well, sorry, we did talk about this before this started, and those were the words you used, and now they're in my head because now I'm thinking about it a little bit more. But um, he sees these influential people in his life, I guess, is a better way to start this conversation. Um, yeah, and Snape is not there. Um, and I always wondered why that was. Um, and that sort of led to my kind of idea of what the fuck if Snape didn't die? But mm. let's talk about why he's not there first. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a good, this is a good two-parter. So from, for me, I think the relationship with, between Harry and Snape, they're, they're definitely different. Um, you know, it, Snape, throughout the years of um, Harry's, I guess, Hogwarts education, um, from Harry's perspective, is just, like, torment and annoyance and just, like, out to get him, right? But then he realizes kind of um, the motivation maybe behind some of it by the end, by the end in in the sense of life itself um, for potentially both of them at the time. Um, And... I think Harry, in his mind, you know, before he was meeting his death, you know, viewed these people that he cared about that are already dead. Um, Now, just because Snape isn't there doesn't necessarily mean that Snape isn't dead or is dead. Um, I just think the relationship wasn't as strong between the two. Now, getting to the death of Snape. I think it's funny that, you know, that's a, that's a thing that's floating around about, you know, questioning whether Snape is alive or not, because mm-hmm. I remember in, uh, I think, the first uh, book and movie, um, when he bursts into the potion class, he goes, I can tell you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper to death. So with that knowledge, why didn't, like, knowing what snape knew and the at whole the time plan that he, right with dumbledore why so, wouldn't he have had something as a potions master exactly, <laughs> to be ready exactly yeah. so that's, that's a point that it. gets brought up a lot I, I i definitely agree um in the fact that it was such a volatile relationship but i think so much of um what harry learns about in that um that thing the pensive Thank you. Um, that uh, and he also names 
one of his children after him. So it would like clear, mm-hmm. like maybe it just like wasn't fast. So maybe so much was going on. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I think the way I saw it was, it was that the, inf- the people that showed up were the influential people on his life. And Harry did just find out that Snape actually was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was, I, I, I think that when I, I found, I thought of this first and then when I found the theory about why he's maybe he's not dead, that's why I was like, oh, at least two go together perfectly. But if he was, if he is dead, um, I don't know. I just think it would have been such a beautiful moment to have him actually be there. He wouldn't have even had to say anything. I don't think. Right. I think just having him like physically be there. Um, one of the other reasons behind why people don't think he's dead is that his body's never found. So in the movie, he dies in this boathouse. Mm-hmm. In the book, he dies in the Shrieking Shack. Um, but when they're laying out like all all of the the dead people, um, Snape's body isn't there, and that also could be because no one knew about it. But the the main three know about it, so why wouldn't they say like, "Oh, hey, hey by the way, he's he's guys might want to take some life saw." I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just think that's I, I like that one. I don't have an answer for that one. Um, hmm. and it doesn't seem like anyone else has, no one official has said anything about it. So I don't know. Right. Um, the other one, which I was like, oh, how cool would that be? Actually has a very finite answer. And it is, could Neville have been the chosen one this whole, the whole time? And, uh, I think that's a really cool theory. I think that they have a lot of similarities that lead to, to like that point them to think, what am I trying to say? There's a lot of similarities between Neville and Harry that could make Neville potentially the chosen one, other than the fact that it's the chosen one because Voldemort chooses, and Voldemort chose Harry, so that's why Harry's the chosen one. Yeah, that was the And I was so disappointed. I was like, man, that'd be so cool. Like, what if this whole thing comes out and we find out that there could be this incredibly different story, but no, it's the chosen one because Voldemort chose so anyway, we'll just skip past that one, I guess. What the <laughs> fuck ever. Um, okay, so question number four. What would you say to the groups of people that say Harry Potter is controversial due to homosexual themes and promoting the occult? I didn't. Re- I don't remember this like growing. I mean, I guess I wasn't that old when they first started coming out, but I don't remember there being a big uprise about. I mean, Harry Potter is a band is on the banned book list. I didn't know that. Is it? I, I don't think it is. Either. It might not be anymore, but it was. Interesting. Um, I think the first so ninety seven, I believe, was the first when the first book came out. I think it was yeah five. I had it, I had it year, written but, down somewhere. But. Um, I'm pretty sure it's ninety seven. But um, I think you know, I find that most people who see the promotion, um, of homosexuality even in the slightest hint for the series um as controversial are people who are comfortable with the idea in general um let's take dumbledore for example we have grown to adore and look up to him you know as arguably the greatest wizard of all time right and by far the biggest example of homosexuality in harry potter right and so the moment that he's you know said to be a part of the queer community we want to disown him now mm-hmm. how, how does that sound like you know it, i think the for the people that have 
that idea um, or kind of just owning him because of his sexuality, I think it, yeah. it, it runs deeper than just these books. Um, now, as far as the occult promotion, yeah, hard to get I, around. <laughs> I, right. I mean, I'm here for it, though, you know, and I well, yeah. I don't I don't think the argument um, is really strong. I think JK does a really good job at building this magical world in at such a pace that allows readers to immerse themselves um kind of in a comfortable manner um where it's not like pushing things like yeah it's not saying hey you have to believe in this or else right it's it's its own world yeah and you know what's so bizarre is that the magic element of it really does not play that big of a part in the main story that is being told like you learn about it and you get the majority of the idea of magic and everything in that first book and that's it it sets the realm of the world and in just like regular storytelling you know terms like once the once the idea and the realm has been set then you then that's it that's all there is like you just mm-hmm. know that going forward and they really don't dwell on it all that much other than there are like you know like the idea of a horcrux obviously that's a magical thing but once you know what that is it's not so much an idea of you're looking at magic it's it's it just falls into the place of the story of what's being told um and so i i think the idea of saying that harry potter should be banned because of the occult is fucking bullshit i'd say um, it's rubbish <laughs> and uh it's rubbish and um and i agree with you 100 percent. the idea of homosexuality <laughs> like i mean whatever fucking move on um but so i started looking up ban books and why books get banned and here are the reasons why and i just think this is so interesting because i was like oh okay and i'll explain why okay so reasons books get banned racial issues encouragement of damaging lifestyle blasphemy sexual situations slash dialogue violence or negativity presence of witchcraft religious affiliations political bias or um, being age inappropriate. So those are all reasons that a a a book could get banned. It just needs one to to have standing to be banned. And I'm looking at this list and I'm like, well, what the fuck does that leave? Right, exactly. So uh, the point of a book from from the the author's perspective is to tell their story or yeah. tell a story that they want to want to have be told it doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's going to be real or that they're pushing you know for a certain theme or a certain subject in life to be like you know this is you know be all end all type thing i don't i don't agree with that list um as far as banned books and even you know i i'm i'm not even sure what a banned book means like does it mean that you can't sell the book or so it, it can be a couple different things. So um, the biggest example of when we see banned books is in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is chosen and depicted by a school board, which um, for those who have listened to the first episode, know where I stand on the school board choosing anything. Um, and uh, they can say, you know, well, we don't want this book in a school library. And there's really nothing you can do about it. Libraries can also ban can ban books i mean i i think like when i was looking at the list like a lot of them were um got like to kill a mockingbird 
and um, Tom Sawyer, uh, Color Purple, American Psycho. Like, I mean, I and then when I saw that these books were on there, I just started buying them because I was like, I'm gonna stick it to the man. It's and funny you say like that because hundred dollars reading To Kill a Mockingbird in high school. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, exactly. Hmm. And it's 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 the one of the top ten most banned books. Um, which so I guess you had a maybe fairly decent high school. I don't know. Um, but uh, now, I mean, we live in a world now where you can pretty much buy anything or download anything off the internet and read it. And you, you know what I mean? Like it, right. banned books almost kind of don't exist anymore. But you can back get them then, somewhere essentially. Right, right. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, Harry Potter was. Um, the series, at least I think at least the first three when they came over from England were considered to be on the banned book list for a little while. I don't, I don't, I don't actually know how long. Um, it's funny you but, say that too, because I remember being in school and being obsessed and wanting to do every project and have it relate to Harry Potter, but I couldn't <laughs> do it at all. There was nothing yeah. that I could relate to it. And then I remember getting to college and, you know, taking one of my genetics. I went to art school, by the way. And um, being able to um, do a project off of Harry Potter. And I was like, this is great. I can finally do it after years and years of wanting to do it. And, you know, now I have the opportunity. But, yeah, yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as we know, um, Harry Potter is always kind of surrounded by a little bit of controversy. (laughs) Um, Or at least the author. Um, (laughs) And uh, we we had talked about this a little bit before how much and what we wanted to bring up about this, but I do think it's important to bring up the, um, JK Rowling, Rowling. I don't even know how to say her name and I'm doing an an episode about her books. Um, I'm full of shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, so JK, we'll talk about, we'll just call her JK because I don't want to say her last name. Um, and her, uh, her tweets that have gotten her into a little bit of trouble with the trans community and thus with, everybody um and uh we've had two like big instances one back in 2019 where she stood up for um maya fullstatter who is a uh self-proclaimed turf which is a um acronym for trans exclusionary radical feminist um who essentially people who don't fully support um transgender ideals um so she she tweeted in support of that person and then again when it came to um uh trans people and how i mean there's a there's a tweet mentioning that um, hormone therapy is now just another version of conversion therapy um and for those of you who don't know what that is look it up because it's fucking ridiculous um but uh but yeah, I do think it's important to bring this up when talking about Harry Potter. Um, I don't know what you, if there's anything that you wanted to 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 mention about it. Um, I, I, you know, I there's a lot of issues mm-hmm. that has has been coming up, um, especially recently. Um, yeah. And the younger me would kind of take my experience and just kind of roll with that and forming an opinion where, whereas now um, I try to understand both sides. Mm -hmm. 
I try to so hard. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't I mean, really work. Sometimes it doesn't well. work. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, the one thing I will say, because I don't want to go too deep into this, the one thing I will say is trans women are women. And I think that needs to yep. be needs to be addressed in this situation. Um yep. and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Trans women are women, trans men are men, trans people are people. So I mean yeah. that's that's at least where we stand here. So um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, I'm sure talk about this in a later episode, but I, I, I we, we both talked about if we should bring this up and what we should talk about, but I, I do think it's important because it, I mean, it's current, it's happening and uh, you do, I mean, if anyone is interested in looking up the full story, you do have to dig because some tweets have been deleted Um you've got to figure out the timeline you've got to, you know, but the, the, the full story is still out there on the internet and you can read it, make an opinion for yourself, what you think, if, if you find her tweets transphobic, um, if you don't, you know, it's your prerogative. So, um, well, now that we got that super serious shit out of the way, um, <laughs> I have one more, one more question. And this was actually one that I came up with because I think it's kind of an interesting one. Um, so we've had so much more outside of the seven books, Right. There's Harry Potter World, which I don't know if you guys knew, but Caleb's been there to both L.A. and Florida. Um, <laughs> the Fantastic, Fantastic, Fantastic Beast series, which I haven't seen. Uh, so sorry, I'm not. A, oh, wow. <laughs> so I know Pottermore, um, Cursed Child on Broadway, which I just read the plot of. I didn't even actually read the book, but I just read the plot on Wikipedia when I was doing the research for this. It sounds so fucking interesting. It's and really I would good. love to see. I it. recommend. Um, so um, I, I do want to read it now. All right. Well, lend me a lend, lend me your copy. Okay. Thanks. Um, so we have all of that, right? What else would you like to see? Are there more stories out there that we could that might come into light that you think would be really interesting to to hear? I think you know what I think this J.K. has done a really good job at um, setting up not only these main plot points and, and main character arcs, but like giving, giving a little light to every character that we see, not only in the books, um, but also in the movies. Um, the possibilities are endless. I would love a deep dive into the ghosts of Hogwarts. Um, oh, I yeah. would love, you know, something um, like a, a movie of sorts of, Hogwarts of history, kind of mm-hmm. how Hogwarts first started and kind of where it is now. Um, the very first uh, wizard. Um, I want an origin story of that. I, I'm here for origin stories. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I uh, maybe even a short of the of Lily and James Potter and their time at Hogwarts. That'd be kind of cool. Well- um, what was that? You just you cut out a little bit. What did you say? I heard oh, Lily and James Potter. Uh, maybe a short of of life at Hogwarts for Lily and James Potter, mm. and kind of you know there and we get a little bit of that um, from the pensive, but I want to yeah. kind of get a deep dive of of that. And um, there's just there's so many. I yeah, one hundred percent. I am um, the one that I came up or I have two. I think it'd be really fun to see a Snape backstory mm. um I, and we learn a little bit more about his time being um a death theater and him growing up and 
and all I think that would be that would be fun and maybe we find out if he's dead or not I don't fucking know um and uh, the other one that I think would be really fun would be to see the first rise of Voldemort ending with him trying to kill Harry uh, I think that could yeah. be a neat um I mean really I just love Ralph Fiennes I don't even know if that's how you say his name but I'd love him and I think he's beautiful and I just want to see him be Voldemort for the rest of my life imagine him um, listening to this he will <laughs> I'll have him on. I'll have, I'll have him on. Maybe what you I'll guys do is hear I'll... that tone of uh, the tone, the tone of change. <laughs> he will. He's speaking it into existence. Yeah, we'll have a. Well, yeah, we'll have in season two. We'll have follow. I'll have reread the books by then, and I'll be such an expert. You can quiz me on anything. Um, <laughs> so look out for that. Um, and uh, so what I want to kind of wrap up here with is. Um, we're roughly the same age, right? How the fuck old are you? I'm 28. Oh my god, right? you're fetus. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> no, I'm 29. Um, so we, uh, in our, our our generation, we do fall in the same generation, um, grew up with Harry Potter. And that was kind of a big deal. Um, it was the only real um, sort of fantasy world that we had, like... You know that there were Star Wars, there was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I mean, people had the the books for that. Right, you right. know, growing up, and then a whole another generation got movies. Um, so it was it was really interesting, and it's it's sort of stood the. I mean, it really does. It stands the test of time. And all I have written down is why are people so attracted to it? What is what is it about? this world and growing up with it that you think um that people just are drawn to because i mean it's it's everywhere and it's been everywhere since it started it's like it's not like there's been a, a, a you know even after the movie the last movie came out it was still crazy popular and it still is so i, I don't know what uh what thoughts you have around that but um <laughs> but i'd love to question. fucking hear them um yeah. i you know me personally, I, I ask my question. I ask myself that question sometimes, um, and that comes up um, a lot for That's people fucking who lame. don't. <laughs> who, people who don't like Harry Potter. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, there are people out there that don't like Harry Potter. Um, sure. Nothing against them, but something against them. You know, um, there are people out there that don't like me. If that, <laughs> if you can believe it. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, um, I think I don't know. It's that's tough because I think it's more. Like for me personally, it's an escape, or it was an escape um, from reality. Um, this magical fantasy world um, where you're interacting with not only the characters that we see, the main characters that we see, um, but you're interacting with you know a whole new environment, a whole new world, Hogwarts <laughs> itself, um, and and just the endless possibilities of magic. All right, and yeah. I think I was drawn to it more because. I love the idea, this idea of magic and the supernatural and mm-hmm. how to follow that path. So I think for me, um, once I heard, you know, heard that, that word alone is magic and, yeah. and fantasy. I was like, I'm, I'm drawn automatically, I'm, or at least I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. Right. Um, there's always this, this kind of um, comparison, if you will, um, with Harry Potter fans and Star Wars fans. Um, I yes. haven't really, you know, met anyone who, um, who lo- loves both, 
Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, so for me personally, I love Harry Potter, but I can't stand Star Wars. Sorry, not sorry. Um, it's okay, we won't kill you this and, episode. <laughs> this time. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think it, it's it's really just, so to answer your question, um, not so directly, it's it's an escape. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, and it, it's ever growing and the possibilities are endless. And I think that's what draws people in and that's what continues to keep people. Yeah. Um, because of, of the imagination, once you get hooked into this world, your imagina- imagination goes wild with right. the, the possibilities, you know? Well, and it has, um, you know, I didn't think these were actually going to come into this podcast, but they um, are. Uh, the themes um, hmm. in Harry Potter are so human and relatable. And I mean, it's sort of like what I said, like, you know, it's about magic. Yes, but when it comes to like the the, the plot line and the story, um, I mean, so let me look here. Um, so these are like some just like some of the themes that you know come up: uh, family, friendship, home, loyalty, good versus evil, love, fucking duh, um, humility, death, um, and power, and those are you know such really giant world. Um, world themes, obviously. I mean, we can point to any of those and, you know, talk about some story happening somewhere, but I mean, they can also be so personable and um, really hit close to home. I mean, you know, all, I mean, my favorite one is, and I don't know, now that I'm like talking about stuff, I'm like, yeah, I am a Slytherin is I like relate to like the power one. And I, I, I flock to those um, characters who are, you know, in the quest, in, in the quest for that. But I mean, who doesn't love that? And that's what I like. It makes such a good villain, which Harry Potter has a fucking plethora of. Um, and I, I, I do think that you're, you're right on the money. I mean, it, it is uh, an escape. I mean, that's what reading and books should be not to get right. too, too, too scholastic, but like, you know, I think too, uh, you know, it's very well, well written. And I think, a plot is nothing without characters mm-hmm. and you if you have an amazing plot but shitty characters it's not going to work who cares and, yeah. I, and i and i think what jk has done well is kind of give readers a wonderful combination of a great plot but also relatable characters yeah. and within both of those you know multiple relatable themes yeah. Um. For it, for a you know wide range of people, and so I think that's what you know draws or locks people in. Yeah. Um, as well, is just kind of the relatability of of everything. Yeah. Um. And the fact that quite literally, it's it. So it the books themselves took um a decade. So the first one came out in 1997. I knew I had it written down somewhere. First one came out in 1997. The Deathly Hallows came out in 2007. So 10 years. So a decade worth of stories, essentially, mm-hmm. um, to come out. And uh, so w- we lived through all of that. And then the movie started coming out a little bit like halfway. I think the fourth one had come out when the first movie came out. So it almost kind of even enveloped a second generation of people just by seeing the movies and everything like that. And then the movies lasted till I don't, I, don't, I know I was in college when the last movie came out. Um, and so you have almost, almost two decades worth of, of, um, of people 
that grew up with it and that have it as a as a cultural reference um, yeah, essentially 2001 is when this torture stone came out and i believe part one of deathly hallows is 2010 yeah so i remember when the deathly hallows book came out and i just find this really funny and i, I have it written down here um because i think it's a funny story so the, the deathly hallows came out and it was like it, it was everywhere mm-hmm. i don't remember going anywhere and not seeing at least one person have the book and i remember um my dad and my brother and I were going to see a movie and the person at the movie counter was like almost done. It was so cool. Like I, if I were to guess now, like where they were, I'm assuming it's like battle of Hogwarts chapter, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere around maybe like the final fight, anything like that, because this person did not look at us when they went to give us our tickets. <laughs> um, we were like, you know, three for whatever the fuck we were seeing. And, um, person literally was able to like put it in the computer i don't even know if we got the right tickets i think it was just three tickets not that people actually look but we got three tickets and the person literally like never made eye contact or spoke to Mm. us well caleb thank you so much for talking about this with me i greatly appreciate it um yeah i don't know I, i i definitely i mean my quest in this podcast was to sort of figure out the hype and um What's really interesting to me and my biggest takeaway is um, honestly how excited you get talking about it. And <laughs> I can talk uh, about it every day. It's it's it. I mean, and it's it's a passion point, and I think that's what it is for so many people. And that mm-hmm. I think was the answer I was looking for is sort of the last thing we talked about is why was it such a um, a huge thing? Um, I don't know. I I kind of now, in all honesty, not just doing this for a podcast, but would really like to reread the books and sort of go back and, and discover all those little things and um, like find the nuances everywhere. So, I mean, I have them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could read them. They're not, I think you should, you should dust. do the, um, the cursed child, get through that and then go back and read. Yeah. Cause that sounds fucking great. Um, for any Amazing. fans of Harry Potter that haven't heard of or read the cursed child, um, apparently the time turner comes into play a fucking lot. So, um, Oh, it just sounded so cool. So, well, all right. Read that. Hmm. Well, great. Well, hmm. let me let me fucking read it. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> again, Caleb, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, you guess. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll have you back for something else. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. We will be right back. Okay, well, I'm. I think I might still be a little confused about, you know, why Harry Potter is such a big thing to everyone. But I do have to say, you know, looking up all of the fan theories, and even a little bit later, I went and looked up articles about how Harry Potter has changed lives. And in talking with Caleb, I definitely can understand how. During all of my research for this, I found so many articles talking about how Harry Potter shows what friendship and the meaning of family and love represent to them personally when they're reading it and when you have something that powerful to you then i totally get why someone can get lost especially in this world you know of young wizards and witches growing up and you know good and evil type shit so next week we are going to address harry potter uh, a little bit from a story slash plot point look as um we will be talking about shakespeare 
So I did want to end today with a little quote that I came across when I was looking things up that really just stuck with me. And so this is Dumbledore to Harry in The Half-Blood Prince when they are discussing Voldemort. And I really just think this is important to hear right now. And when I read it, it just really hit me. So here it is. Have you any idea how much tyrants fear the people they oppress? All of them realize that one day amongst their many victims, there is sure to be one who rises against them and strikes back. End quote. So (laughs) take that how you want it. I'm sure you can find some way to apply it to the world right now. And wherever you stand on current events, it um, fucking applies. So that about wraps us up here. So thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week on Making a Martini.